But I think the thing that keeps me uh, in those rooms and in those circles is people just, you know, they trust me and I do what I say I'm going to do. Um, I always try and do right by people. Um, and I'm honest and I'm, and I'm loyal to my friends. And it's like, it's really that simple. And I, I you know, at the end of the day, I don't need anything from anybody. I'm self-sufficient. I'm independent. I can go get my own and figure it out. And, you know, I think having that in the back of my mind always, um, you know, it just, I think it just kind of reflects how I like go and communicate through the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Each week with our guest episodes, I try to put the spotlight on someone who in my eyes has given themselves permission to live a life authentic to them. Our guest today is from Orange County, California. He previously was the head of social content for GoPro. He has only cranked up the heat since going all in on his own career. His commercial clients work includes uh, Google, DJI, Porsche, and more. He's worked with artists such as Justin Bieber, The Chainsmokers, Tiesto, and more. He just premiered his new short film, A Forgotten Life, a few weeks ago to a few hundred of his friends, and I was honored, honored, honored to be there in person. Originally a guest for episode 105 of Purpose in the Youth podcast for all the OG fans out there. That came out on October 17th of 2018. We're three years in since that first podcast. Today on the podcast, one of the most dialed in guys that I know, Matt Como. Let's go. Wow. Let's go, baby. What an intro, bro. I need you to do that for, for me all the time. I'll do it every time you walk in the room if you need me to. I love now it. Now walking into the room, standing at six feet one. Bro, literally jokes aside, when I was walking down uh, the DGA theater for the premiere, you fuck, you were like, you were like, Como, that a baby. <laughs> like I heard you over every other human being. It made me smile so big. I was like, let's go. Bro, I know how, how dude, those moments are like so priceless. And I know like those little bit of like cranking up the energy and, and making like a comment like that. I was hoping that it would get more people to interrupt yeah. and get loud. So to me, that's what it was all about. When you sent me that clip the, uh, like two weeks ago, I was like, wow, I'm a savage. Like, will you just sit down and shut up, bearded man? Like, just just be one in the crowd for once in a while. It was tight. I, I'm really glad you did that. Dude, I had to. I had to. Um, dude, I like I told you right before we jumped into this podcast, I listened to our first episode that came out. It's The timing of this is really kind of perfect with this is three years since the first podcast. There is so much that has changed in both of our lives. And I think it is. it couldn't be a better timing uh, to do this follow-up podcast. The one uh, one thing about this first podcast that we did, and I think I've told you this many of times, the title of that podcast, which is Confidence is Born from Repeated Action. Yeah. There are so many times that I don't even think you realize how that gets brought up in a conversation with somebody. Um, and it could be like whether they're talking about difficulties and like staying consistent or like trying to build a name for themselves. Three years later, how relevant is that same statement to you today? Uh Damn, coming in with the, the good questions. It's I mean it's oh, extremely, all it's, day long, baby. It's extremely relevant. Um, I mean because the only like when you really think about it, the only times that I like personally get in my overhead and overthink is when I'm not acting on something that I know I should be acting on. Yeah. Um, and you know the more that I do do something, whether it's film, working out, talking to people, kind of whatever. Like I just you know through repetition, you become more confident in in said things. So. 
I would say it's still like extremely applicable even three years later. Yeah. And you know, when I see where you're at today, I know you are a product of 10 years in the making and that's so much like a inspiration to me because I very much want to get to the level of like where you're at, where it's like you call the shots, you run your own show, like you are doing everything that you've ever manifested in your life. And that's so much like where I want to be. And I'm kind of curious, like, especially 10 years in on, on it, like what has helped you stay so consistent? Because there are so many times when you you hit the wall creatively or mentally, or even when I was listening to this first podcast that we did, like you talked about, there was a moment where you literally broke down just like not knowing if this was the right thing. And then a couple weeks later, you had the opportunity to uh, be on set for closer and that just like opened your eyes of like, yo, I am on the right path. So how have you been able to hold yourself consistent across such a long period of time? Well, I would say, well, there's two things. One, I still have a lot of those moments where I'm like, shit, this is really, really <laughs> difficult and not easy, just like any career is. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's the answer is really, really simple. And I just don't really picture myself doing anything else. Like, <laughs> I just, I've always loved it. And there's not really ever been like an alternate plan. Um, so I kind of just like have always figured out how to make it work. Um and I've never really viewed anything as like just kind of like a one-off job. I've always been like really adamant about like building my skill set. So my skill set yeah. through storytelling, editing, content creation, you know, whatever you want to call it, filmmaking, directing. Um, and that skill set is so applicable to so many different people, artists, brands, um, you name it. So, um, you know, I, I think I'll be able to keep doing this for a really long time, hopefully. And I don't really intend on doing anything else. You know, my creativity might take a, a different, uh, maybe lane, maybe, you know, I'll get out of, you know, just doing film and maybe do more art or music or, you know, whatever it is. But, uh, I, this is, this is me and this is what I do. Yeah. I think that's also, uh, something very unique about yourself is that you are a man of many hats. Um, even like, the dear mom, dear mom and dad piece that you did, it was literally three years, three years ago at this point, like you had went and produced your own music for that. And yeah. I know there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes of your own life that isn't public yet, that you're wearing other hats, doing other things that are just other than creative. And so I think it's, uh, you're a great example of somebody that doesn't put themselves in a box and just mm -hmm. like, you're not going to be just the filmmaker for the rest of your life. Like there's going to be many different avenues that kind of come along the way. And I think it's just a, you're leading by example of like, you can really put, you can do anything you put your mind towards as long as you're willing to like get in the trenches and learn it from the ground up and then stay consistent over a long period of time of doing whatever that thing is. A hundred percent. Yeah. The, yeah. Did the music for Dear Mom and Dad. I actually have two more coming out. Like during the credits of the film, that was an original record. Wow. Um, and then I have a, a piece dropping next week with DJI that also has another original. So we have two more coming out next month. Um, Matt Coma producer, like, let's go. <laughs> but I, I like, I mean, same thing with you though. And like, you know, wearing a ton of hats, like it's, it's not enough anymore to just purely be the artist. Like in order to be an yeah. artist and truly, truly succeed, like you, you have to be a businessman. You have to be able to read contracts, be able to negotiate, be able to, you know, um, talk to people at a high level. It's all the same stuff, you know, you're doing like you're yeah. a podcaster, but you had to learn how to use the software or Ableton or whatever you're using, you know, you have to know all the tech, you have to be able to reach out to people. You have to be articulate. Yeah. Like, you kind of have to be everything and be decently good at it to really succeed 
in the yeah, class, you, 2021. You got, you got to be a jack of all trades to yeah. then get into a place where you can then put people in the position to succeed or to then delegate, you know, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain skill you think that is crucial uh, to be able to take on a lot of different things? Um, in what context, business or art? I would say it, it, it could be business, it could be art, it could just be in a general aspect of like being willing to try something new, I guess. Um, I would say the number one thing is being able is it's kind of two parts and they kind of go hand in hand. It's being articulate and it's being able to write. I would say are the mm. two most important things because writing is organized thinking. Um, and if you're able to articulate what's on your mind clearly and concisely to somebody, then you're pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. We all have these ideas and all these things that we want to do in life, whether it's, you know, for me, it's film, music, art, whatever. Um, yours is the podcast, you know, other business ventures and all these things. And throughout the whole process, you're trying to get people to one, believe in your vision. And then two, um, you know, have people work for you and delegate out different tasks and different things. And, um, the only way to like efficiently do that is to, is to be as articulate as possible in my opinion. Yeah. You're definitely a good writer from, uh, the things that I've seen you, uh, put together. Um, you know, ever since I moved to Venice at the top of the new year, you, I, I feel very fortunate cause I've been able to learn more about the coma that most people don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, most people that might hear this, just see the Instagram posts, the crush in the morning miles, the late night edit sessions. Like they, they get to see little pieces of your life, which is really, uh, can be inspiring and they can learn a lot but they don't get to know the true Como. And even through mm. your, your pieces and especially the short film, once people get to see it, they'll, they'll really um, kind of learn who you are. But I, I would say as somebody who's been able to see you behind the scenes, the one thing that is so clear to me about you is how intentional you are, uh, whether that's like what you do in a day-to-day, the people you surround yourself with, um, you know, what you put your name aside on, whether it's working with certain brands or whatever that might be. How have you found that, being intentional and being very cautious of actually where you allow your energy and your time, how has that allowed you to actually propel forward in everything that you do? Um, that's a, that's another really good question. Um, that one is, I mean, it's tricky because like you do, like you can't, let let me think what I'm trying to say. You can't really connect dots looking forward. You can really only kind of connect them after you've done things. Steve Jobs right there. That's a Steve yeah. Jobs quote, baby. Let's go. Yeah. But I mean, it like he's right because like you have to try a bunch of different things in order to find kind of the path forward. So like, you know, as far as like the intentionality part, um, you know, I try to just do things that I feel like align with my morals and my values, things that I'm like innately interested in. And I kind of, even up, you know, to this point and even going forward, I kind of just have like a blind faith that it's like not going to, you know, steer me wrong. Yeah because it's something I want to do. And like, at the end of the day, it's my life. And like, I want to live life how I want to and not, you know, through someone else's like picture of what it should be. So if I always do like what I want, <laughs> it doesn't really sound that good, but you know what I mean? Like if I always, All if right. I always do what, like where my kind of heart's calling me to go, like, I, I just feel like I can't, I can't go wrong. So that's kind of where the intentionality part comes from is I just, I know I'm supposed to be doing these things and I do them. Yeah. Is there, I'm curious, like, is there like a, um, is there like a moment in your life? Because even when I look back on past pieces, like you're very, 
I don't want to say the word like motivational. I don't want to use like that terminology, but like you're very woke. You're very aware of like, this is like a, this is an experience, uh, like 24 hours in a day. Like time is ticking. Like there's something about you that I don't know where that comes from. And I'm curious, like, is it, is it based on the way your parents raised you? Was there a moment like in high school when you finally had this epiphany of like, wow, like I need to enjoy this life. I need to like help people, you know, find it, find their passion. I need to be grateful for these things. Like what, was there a moment when all this kind of clicked for you? I wouldn't say there was necessarily a singular moment. Um, you know, I could extrapolate a lot of my, uh, thought processes to kind of like, you know, watching my grandfather go through what he did and, you know, with the Alzheimer's yeah. and everything, hence where, what the film came from. But, you know, deep down, I, if I'm being completely honest, like, like none of us really know how long we're going to be here on, on earth. You know, hopefully I live a long life and I, you know, I don't go out early. Um, but in the back of my mind, always, I'm, I'm just like, life is actually a gift and I am really am trying to make the most of it. And, you know, that, um, kind of overarching thought process dictates like a lot of my more micro decisions. And like, should I reach out to this person and should I talk to them? Yes. Should I like shoot my shot with this like business deal or, negotiation yes should i go on that trip yes like you know a lot of it just defaults to yeah i, sh I should be doing a lot of these things because like I, my time is limited and i don't i don't know how long i have and i hope it's a long one but you know if it is short i i did the most <laughs> yeah we got to make sure that uh your your time here is uh quite long because you got a lot more shit to get done on the list and so. i'm gonna be right there beside you cranking up the heat so let's uh let's make sure yeah. that expiration date keeps getting pushed and pushed um but yeah, I mean, a big topic of today's conversation is, is your film. Um, wow. So September 20, Tuesday, September 28th is, is when you premiered, uh, a forgotten life. This is a Matt Como original written, directed, produced, edited by you. Once again, let me say that one time written, directed, <laughs> produced, and edited by you. Like those in of itself, each, each thing is a, is people spend years to develop and get good at. And you were able to, I know with alongside of a team, but you were able to really uh, come together and, and execute on this. I want to read real quick. The um, there's a little um, uh, text on the actual poster of the film. And I want to read it for people that are listening. Uh, Every great moment in life can be remembered in three ways. The first part is called the feeling a fleeting emotion experienced during a moment in, in your life. The second part is called the significance where the feeling shifts into something more profound. It is not until the end of the story we recognize its true value. And even then, or excuse me, even, yeah, even then you won't remember unless you have a place to hold on to it. And that's why every great moment has a third part. This part we call the memory, the memory of a forgotten life. So talk to me about the significance of this project, what it means to you and why you chose to take on such a massive self-funded project. Oh God. Uh, yeah, that, I know that's, that is like the lo <laughs> most loaded question of the day. So, so we loaded. can peel the layers and in, in a very slow manner. Okay. Uh, I think that the first and foremost, the most obvious, you know, it's about my grandfather's battle with Alzheimer's and you know, he's one of the most important people to me in my entire life, other than, you know, my, uh, mom and dad and family, uh, you know, my sister and, and brother-in-law, but, um, you know, dude, it's tough. Like you're close to somebody and, you know, they go through this disease and they lose their memory and they, they forget who you are. And like, I had to go through that in my twenties, you know, during the time, um, you know, we had our last podcast was kind of like when things really started to kick into high gear. And, um, 
you know, kind of like what you were saying earlier, like everybody from the outside looking in is like, you know, he's traveling, he's doing all this and he's, you know, all over the world and working for, you know, some of the, the biggest names and whatever, like, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm dealing with my own pain and my own, you know, struggles and thoughts and existential, you know, issues. And, you know, that kind of going through that pain in the last couple of years, like just brought everything to the kind of like the forefront and, you know, I, I really do believe there, there are moments in your life where um, you're called to do something um, very, very deeply and very profoundly. And, you know, I, I think it's a, a tragedy that if you don't, if you don't follow whatever that, that calling is. And, you know, for me at the time, I was on a plane every single weekend. I was shooting for X, Y, and Z artists. Like, you know, it, it, it came to me at a time where I was like, I, I, I just knew I had to stop everything and just do this. Like, otherwise I would regret it for the rest of my life. And I'm glad I did because that window of time that I shot the film was honestly probably the last couple months I ever could have made that with him. If I, if I would have just delayed it and kept putting things off, this film would never uh, exist the way it does. He wouldn't have been in a capacity to do it. Um, but, you know, that comes with a lot of risk. Like I self-financed the whole thing from beginning to end from every single dollar came out of my pocket, didn't raise any money, didn't ask for any help, didn't ask my parents for help. Um, and then it took two years of my time. So you, I mean, you kind of, you know, you rattled off a lot of like the clientele and people I work for and things I do, like there's a huge, huge opportunity cost with that. So not only am I paying for it, but the opportunity cost to, you know, do this. Um, but like, dude, it's, it's worth it. Like you get to a point in your life where you're like, I, I really want to do something that means something to me. It means something to my family. It means something to my friends. And, you know, maybe I'm put on this earth with my, with my talent and my skill set to like really deeply impact people. And this to me was an opportunity to do that. And I would do it a thousand times over again for the rest of my life. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it, made, always- it makes my life meaningful, dude. It's I, it, when I look back at my life, when I'm 90 years old, you know, you have these like flashbulb moments of like these things of like, you know, these key achievements or, or things you went through, um, you know, getting married, having a kid, a heartbreak, you know, different career achievements. I, I just know without a shadow of a doubt, it'll be in the top five most important things I ever did in my life. So yeah. I think that, you know, is enough right there. <laughs> That's beautiful. There's always going to be another tour that you can go on. There's always going to be another brand that is going to want to hire you. Or if there is a specific brand that hits you up in that time, there's always going to be another project that they're going to want to bring you on. But I think the fact that you had that foresight to understand, like, if I don't do this now, this is never going to happen is, is incredible. And even today when I was uh, kind of going back and watching some of these films, it was it was crazy for me to now watch Dear Mom and Dad because I saw your grandfather in so much of these pieces in the photos and then in some of like the VHS videos of you as a kid. And, I, and it was like, it was a full circle moment because I remember watching that film uh, when it first came out when I was prepping for the first podcast. Mm-hmm. Then you fast forward three years later, we I see the actual short film and now I'm like watching it again. I'm like, wow, all of these little pieces we're kind of foreshadowing like this massive piece that was going to yeah. come three years later. So it was surreal for me to, to actually like see that process and then go, wow, this all is blended as just one beautiful picture. Well, tell the audience, what, what did you think sitting in the theater and experiencing it? Man, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, when you, <laughs> when you see this, this is like, <laughs> this is like, uh, something that I, I can't describe, um, for the way 
you approach this film and the way you story told so many stories within one piece, it's just like the, the layers of storytelling and like, I, it it is an onion that I don't know how you how you were able to pull back so many layers. Um, I I was speechless. I I was speechless too. I think I said this um, when I had a chance. To, of course, I had to be the first guy to ask a question, but uh, it was also really um, relatable in the sense that I had watched my grandmother go through Alzheimer's when I was in high school, and then kind of going through college into and I saw it impact my father. And it was, it was just, wasn't, uh, it was not a fun thing to see happen is like somebody you love and knows you then goes and doesn't know who you are. And it was, it was more, it was really hard for me to see it, my father go through it. But on, on many layers, I think it is a film that so many people are going to connect with, uh, and they're going to, there's going to be so many different takeaways from something like this, but it, what you were able to accomplish and I, and I, and I know there was a team of people that helped you do it is phenomenal, dude. Like Thanks. it is, it is a piece of art. It is. Yeah. If that thing doesn't make a statement in the film festival circuit, then there's a problem. And I would like to speak to one of the directors <laughs> because they're either blind or they're deaf because this is a roller coaster of a piece for what's the total length? 18 minutes. Uh, tw- I think it's like 24 24. Okay. Yeah. Well, it felt like eternity watching every second of every second of every clip. Talk to me about, and I think you, you had talked about this at the actual premiere, but I think when you were starting the process of actually taking on this project, I think you went 18 months without touching alcohol. Is that the right amount of time? Was it 18 months or a year year and four months? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a extended period of time. Um, and you did this intentionally so that you could emotionally, tap into this project 110%. How important was doing that? And also, how were you able to work on this project and then like put a pause on your emotions and then go live your life? Like yeah. that to me in of itself is, I, I don't know how you were able to do that. You're literally a magician for being able to do that. <laughs> literally. Uh, it is extremely challenging. I mean, the alcohol thing, uh, there's kind of really two key reasons to that. One um, obviously the subject matter is extremely, uh, emotionally challenging to grasp. So I didn't want to lean into any vices. That was kind of the first thing. And then the second thing is, is, um, I just wanted to be able to feel every single emotion that I could. And kind of like what we were talking about earlier is like, you know, we all, we all feel things every single day, um, you know, different ranges of emotions. And the key was like, I, in order for this to work and for you, Robbie, and the rest of the audience to feel exactly how I feel. I need to be able to articulate this as clearly and concisely as possible. Yeah. So the, the I, so my thought process needs to be sharp and it needs to be unobstructed. So that was the second thing. Um, and then how did I do it? I got really into running. I've never ran before really in my entire life. I, I work out a ton. I, you know, most people who know me know that I'm going to work out like a psychopath, but I never really like ran like I started to. So like I needed to put, I needed to externally, uh, expel my energy somehow, uh, other than just putting it into a computer and into a page. So I would just run and I would run for as long as my heart could go. <laughs> um, and a lot, honestly, a lot of like the longer runs on the, you know, when I'd post eight, nine, 10, 12 miles, it's like, those are probably, you know, they're kind of correlated with some of the harder days where mm-hmm. I just would be like, I just, I gotta go, I gotta send it. And 
no one talked to me for two hours. I'll be back. Wow. It, it, it creates that space for you to just literally be, you're bumping music. You're just, th there's something about endorphins when they're actually firing yeah. off. It's a lot different than lifting weights where it's just like this quick, you know, eight, 10 seconds of pumping up as much iron as you can, taking a break. Like that constant flow of running is a different endorphin and it's unbelievable how much it'll clear your mind. Totally. And, and you know, when you like get to those point in your run and obviously it's different for everybody. Some people it's a mile, some people it's six where you're just like, I can't go anymore. Yeah. I would always kind of like when I, when I would get to those points in my run, it was, I never really thought like I, I can't go anymore in the sense of like, I can't go anymore running. I would mm -hmm. think of it as like, I'm going to push through this, not for the run and for me to go further in the run. I'm going to push through this because I need to do this for my family and I need to do this for myself. Wow. So a lot of times me keep me like pushing to the point of like sheer exhaustion and wanting to pass out on a run was me trying to push past kind of my mental barriers with this project and just with life and what I was trying to do. Mm. It's unbelievable how that doing that will sharpen your mind too. Cause you're starting 100%. to recognize like my body wants to shut down but I'm literally telling it that it's not going to stop. And it's just like, you're just sharpening the mind to be even stronger for anything that you have to deal with in your life in work, career relationships, literally anything. hundred percent. It's unbelievable. Um, what was one of the biggest hurdles that you faced with executing and producing this project from start to finish? It's just logistics, man. Like making, making a movie is like, I, I don't recommend it to anybody ever. You have to really love your project and be into it. Um, it is a long, long, long process. There's a lot of pieces, a lot of people. Um, and you need to be able to sustain inspiration for literally one idea for, in you know, my case, years. Um, you need to be able to look at the same imagery, listen to the same music, like, it's a dude. It's just it's a lot with VFX, with sound, with getting music clearances, with shooting scenes and getting people and VFX plates and just all this stuff. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. You yeah. really, you just gotta love it, and you gotta be driven by something bigger than you know just the project itself. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great example of why it's so important to find either something. It's almost like finding a true north that no matter what happens, you're going to keep climbing the mountain because it's so worth it. And there, it, it's, there's so much love and there's such a bigger why that even on the days where you might be tapped out or just like you want to date yourself, but you already have, you know, six hours lined up for production. And then you have, a, you know, you're going into an editing room with people. Like when there's that bigger reason why I feel like that will just then reignite the flame and be like, all right, well, I got to do this because there's, this is so much bigger than me that it needs to get done. Totally. 100%. You got to do it. You got to do it. Um, when the public does get to see this film, what's, what's the takeaway or what, what do you hope? How do you hope it inspires people? I, I really just hope people come away from it and they just realize what's important in life. You know, it's your family, it's your friends, you know, it's your intimate relationships. Um, and maybe just take a second back and just like be appreciative for those people. Cause like they're really like, you know, we all want to live a good life, make money, have career achievements and all these different things. And, you know, I do too. Like, I want to live a good life and have that freedom. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, no matter how, how high you climb, it's always about the people that's around you. And, you know, I think a lot of what, what puts that into context for me, a lot of the times I'm surrounded by some of the, you know, not, not to like be braggadocious or anything, but, you know, by some of the most influential people in the entire world. 
on on like a personal basis and i and i see how they are how they you know talk and think and communicate we're all the same at the end of the day you know they they crave to be loved they crave to have friends they crave to have people they trust so if i know that then like and that's the most important then why wouldn't i like over index on those things yeah two things i want to uh, say one is when people hear you say that it is 1000% the truth. I know people can hear that like in, in pub, like in podcasts or press releases yeah. and they're like, all right, he's just full of shit. But like knowing who you are and the conversations we've had off record where it's literally just me and you it's 1000% <laughs> authentic and like the most truth from you. So I love that. Um, and two, it's not braggadocious about you talking about the people you've surrounded yourself with because you have worked for this. Like, like like it actually amazes me with the people that you have i tip my hat to because you worked for it wasn't just handed to you uh but the people in the level that you have surrounded yourself with like there are so many comments and moments i can think of that i won't say because i don't want you to feel like i'm I'm like flexing on behalf of you but it's unbelievable what is the key to getting yourselves in the room with the right people. How have you been able to navigate to have this core group of people that support you that literally and and every and almost every industry are crushing it at some of the highest levels? Uh, I would say it's it's two things. I think one gets you in the door and then one keeps you in the house and you're seated, seated at the dinner, dinner table. Um, ooh, ooh, I want to be at the dinner table, baby. Yeah. The first one is... is uh, like, in, you know, my thing that opens the door, I, I have a world-class skill set. That's kind of really it. I really do mm-hmm. believe that, like, I'm the be- one of the best in the world at what I do. And I and I work every single day to, to make that and prove that true. Um, so I think that opens a lot of doors for me, um, and it has in my career. But I think the thing that keeps me uh, in those rooms and in those circles is people just, you know, they trust me. And I do what I say I'm going to do. Um, I always try and do right by people, um, and I'm honest and I'm, and I'm loyal to my friends and it's like, it's really that simple. And I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't need anything from anybody. I'm Mm self-sufficient. I'm independent. I can go get my own and figure it out. And, you know, I think having that in the back of my mind always, um, you know, it just, I think it just kind of reflects how I like go and communicate through the world. Cause a lot of times when you're with a lot of these, you know, influential type of people, you know, people who maybe have a, you know, a higher socioeconomic status, everybody wants something from them at all times. Yeah. Then you have someone come around who like is talented on their own. He's honest, you know, he's nice, he's kind, you know, does what he says he's going to do and do- doesn't need anything. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep him for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, who is this guy? I need to keep him in, in this room. But you're no, you're totally right. Especially people that have had any amount of success. They're used to meeting somebody and then immediately asking for a photo, advice, uh, their email address, pitching them on a business. And it's like, you're then become just another person that is just trying to pull from them. But if, like you're saying, if you can do the reverse where it's like you're in the room and you're just being yourself and you're making people feel good, like, People take notice of that and then want you to be around. And and then on top of that, when you have somebody like yourself who is so passionate about what they do, they want to keep you around because that passion is contagious and that only is going to inspire them to want to keep doing whatever it is that they do. So I think it's like it's both those, both, you know, brings good energy to the room, 
and isn't asking for anything, but also has value to bring, uh, even if they're not directly asking you for it. It's like, yeah, this is Como. He's a fucking savage with the camera, and <laughs> let's keep him around because he he knows what he's doing. There we go. That's, that's um, the formula right there. <laughs> that's the formula right there. Um, even, but even then, uh, I, this is one thing I forgot to ask that I, I wanted to ask. Even while you were balancing this two-year project with the sh- with the film, you still have been able to kind of do a couple other projects here and there. Yeah, um, Justin Bieber stuff, which we'll get into in a minute. But like as as you are taking on such a massive project in of itself, how are you compartmentalizing and doing these different projects? Like, are you just setting yourself up or like today is all on this project the next day, all on this next project? Like, is there a flow? Is there a system or do you kind of just wing it and just go, what am I feeling (laughs) like working on? And let's do that today. I wish it was as simple as I'm doing this today and (laughs) I'm doing that tomorrow. It's never like that, bro. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, Elon Musk talks about a lot. Context switching is the killer and that, you know, that's in reference to just going from, you know, deep work in one project to deep work in another project. And I've always struggled with um, days where I have to be artistic versus days I have to be, you know, put the business hat on because they're two different versions of me. Um, But honestly, I kind of just wing it. I just figure out, you know, each day when I wake up, okay, what's the thing I have? And it's not even really that planned, to be honest. I just am like, okay, what do I have to do? What's the like, you know, top two to five most important tasks um, that need my attention? And I just, you know, I kind of do those. And it's kind of really the only thing that I feel like works for me personally. I know that doesn't work for everybody. Some people need to like write everything down. I'm doing this from this minute to this minute, yada, yada, yada. I, I just, I can't do that. So, um, honestly, it's, it's a kind of a lame answer, but I just wake up and figure no, it's it out. <laughs> no, honestly, I think that is the greatest answer because I think what it's showing you is that all you're doing is focusing on micro steps of what can you control in this next 24 hours. You're not worried about planning out this week. You also recognize that things might change and whatever you're working on today might get pushed through tomorrow. Right. So I think I think that's actually the most genius way to do it, where you're just focusing on these micro steps that inevitably with time lead to these massive leaps over time. But in reality, it was just you waking up going, what are literally the two to five things I can do today? Cool. Did that. Move on. Two to five things. Boom, 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 boom. And then you know, it stacks up to these massive, massive projects. Well, with, with big goals, no matter what you're doing, there's too many variables to take into account. Um, especially to take into account all at once. So like, I obviously always have my goals, um, you know, somewhere buried in my subconscious of like, this is what I want to do by this time next year, yada, yada, yada. But like, it really, it really is just like kind of the small things each day that, you know, map to, uh, you know, the end goal. I didn't wake up and be like, we're going to do a premiere at the DGA, (laughs) you know, one year from today. No, like, I'm like, okay, I have to do this sequence in the film. And I need to pull, I don't know, clips talking about Alzheimer's. And it's like that simple of a day. Pull yeah. those clips. All right, then I wake up the next day. I'm like, all right, now I need to like make this like a little more artistic. All right, then I need to do this After Effects sequence. And, you know, lo and behold, after, you know, months to years, like whatever you got to do ends up getting done, hopefully, if you, you know, stay the course. And props to you uh, keeping composure when you have a locked-in date to do the premiere. Nobody, has, nobody even really knows this. You're getting ready to send out the invites and then – all of these new, like, excuse me, COVID mandates come out and then you're forced to like gamble. Am I going to push this thing six weeks and hope to God that by the time I send out the invites, it's enough time for people to be ready for it. And also there isn't another pushback on the COVID. So props to you on keeping. I remember we we were working out at your spot 
And I was, I was like a little stressed about that because we had like, I had like 400 plus people there, 450 people. And I just, I'm like, I cannot put out a date. I cannot put out a date and then move it. Like you just, you kill your whole event, bro. Like people like it's one date, be here at this time. And like, that's it. Yeah. You get, you gambled it right though. It worked out. I mean, people were flying in for it. Probably had 10 to 15 people fly in just for the night. Of course. Matt, come up here. I would have. I mean, if, it, I mean, of if, course, this, if, if this was in Europe, I would have hopped on the on the PJ, send the bill to somebody, and said, "Let's take this party to Europe, well, baby." Hey, I get put me on the PJ too. <laughs> put me on the PJ too. Uh, you ever heard of a guy by the name of Justin Bieber? Does he yeah. ring a bell? Unbelievable. Big big name big name. You've been working with this year on the low low. Uh, mm. I know you kick things off on the New Year. Uh, I mean that squad that helped shoot his new year's that's going to go down in history. Like looking back in 10 years from now, like the people that were helping shoot that. Um, cause it was literally just all high level. Um, he just rolled out his our world, excuse me, our world documentary. That's on Amazon prime. It's now available for anyone that hears this and wants to go watch it. You were also, were just with him in Vegas for I think three nights shooting, uh, shooting some footage out there for him. What have you learned while working with and being around such a high level individual and you already are around <laughs> high level individuals, but not to compare Bieber to other people you're surrounded by, but he really is like yeah, yeah. a big pedestal. Like how does somebody like him operate? Like, what, is there anything you're learning, like working with him or just watching him move? I wouldn't necessarily say through him directly. I, I kind of put on a caption last week about, I, I posted the trailer and there's like a quote about like, it's called water seeks its own level. Yes. I love that. I saw um, that. And it, you know, it's just in reference to that, um, you know, high level people surround themselves with other high level people. And, you know, kind of what I was alluding to through that caption was just like his whole, his whole team, dude, just like are the best at what they do. They're the nicest human beings in the entire world. And they operate the highest level at all times, all cylinders, like always firing. And, you know, like just from what, you know, the, the few moments throughout, the last, you know, year and a half, two years that I've gotten to, you know, be with and surrounded by Justin, you know, it's kind of the, the same type of thing. Like you bring your A game and like nothing less. Yeah. Um, and that's how it should be. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing to see, uh, when you get to that level, you can literally put people in place where it's like, they all are high level operators in from the bottom of the totem pole all the way up to his executive assistant or whatever. It's like, you have to be on point with mm-hmm. anything of that magnitude. Otherwise it's costing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to him and potential clients. And, uh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be an incredible energy to be around. I, I know that for sure. I mean, you would, you would hope that the the best in the world surround themselves with the best in the world. Like that's kind of how it should, should be in my opinion. Totally. So. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to be hurting and it's not going to work out. So yeah, well. yeah, yeah, you won't be the best. No, you just won't I'll, be, be. I'll, I'll be coming for Justin's spot. I love it. <laughs> how uh how has your definition of success evolved or changed over the years oh dude so much so yeah. so much i mean yeah, when sure, i think we all go through a phase where it's the material things it's going to be the watch yeah, it's going to be the car it's going to be the apartment in santa monica but then it's just like okay this this shit gets old yeah i do when you're young you want the car you want the watch you want the travel you want auto service pjs want, the whole shit bang i mean we still want all that but <laughs> uh <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, like, I think it just matters less. Um, Mm. and what I mean by that is, is you do realize that it is all just kind of like a fleeting thing. 
And like, kind of like what we were saying, you know, 15 minutes ago in our conversation about how, like, at the end of the day, it's just about like the people you're doing it with. Like, yeah, I'm experiencing all these cool things, and like, I I care more about like the, the people with me that I'm experiencing it with, and like their experience than my own. Yeah. Um. So you know, I've been very fortunate and grateful that in my early 20s and now into my you know back half of my 20s i've been able to experience things that very 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 few individuals get to um and it it just kind of puts a lot into context and like i said you just it brings to the forefront what actually matters and you kind of just like the noise of all that stuff just kind of like dissipates Mm. at least it did for me yeah i i very much believe that I think we're very much on the same page. Um, experiences is going to be, I think the key to the lifelong happiness of like, can you find joy in a lot of the day to day of your life? Um, because if you can do that, you're inevitably always going to be happy and successful because everything is going in the right motions. But the moment we start to trick ourselves and I've done it many times and I'm still doing it today. I'm like, it's not until I get to this place where I have the studio and I can do this. <clears throat> but I know inevitably once you get there, then it's like you want to get to the bigger thing. And it's like this constant hamster wheel of chasing. And um, I feel that I feel the same way. Like, you know, if 18 year old Matt could see 28 year old Matt, he'd be like, he, he'd slap himself and be like, yo, you have everything you ever could want and need. And you've checked off every single goal and dream of life. <laughs> But when twenty-eight-year-old yeah. Matt is here, he's like, you know, he's already thinking about what's the next like couple of things I want to do. What's the next big goal? And um, coming to terms with that, you know, is a challenging thing um, because you do you have a tough conversation with yourself and you say, you know, if I'm not happy right now with everything going on in my life, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do or what I'll achieve. Like nothing will make me happy. So, you know, you need to figure out like what those things are that sustain i wouldn't even call it happiness i would call it sustain your fulfillment and sustain your purpose because those are those are the things that you do with your life that transcend all the little hardships and and everything um so i'm still figuring it out too man (laughs) yeah i know we all are it uh i would imagine it probably was almost like a bittersweet moment obviously there's gonna be more highs to come for the film when it hits the film uh, festival circuit and eventually it's out for everyone. But I would imagine even like just the premiere in of itself, it's like, you know, this is a one shot deal and the moments here, you're there, you're dressed in the tux, you're on stage. And it's probably like this, by the way, you did a phenomenal job speaking. You did not miss a beat. So props to you because there's a lot of pressure uh, in that one moment. So you, you were fucking dialed in for that. I had, um, a, I had a lot of people tell me that. And I, that was probably a part of the night that I wasn't expecting people to say. I almost, I think in a moment like that, I think you were actually, I don't even know if you realize this, to me when I see that and, and how present you were, I think that's it. You were able to literally like step into the presence of the moment where there's no inner chatter, there's no time to overthink and like overstate words. You were literally, I think in your 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 presence and I think that allowed you to just literally flow. Like it, it it was like seeing a God speak to like you were, you were, you were on one that night, bro. You were on one. I was like sitting there on the corner just by myself. Like, damn, this dude is in it right now. It was, um, it was really uh, beautiful, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was really beautiful. What, um, what's been, you know, we were, we're talking all the success and everything that's great and good. What's been one of the biggest mistakes you've made in your career thus far and what it teach you? Biggest mistakes. Oh my goodness. 
Um, I've made a many, many mistakes, tons. Um, shoot, biggest mistake. Or one that kind of pops your mind. It doesn't have to be the biggest, but what's, what's nah. one that you still remind yourself of and, and what was the lesson? Okay, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's one thing, but it was more uh, a behavior that I felt like I needed to fix. Mm. Um, and that would be not asking for what I wanted, not actually asking for what I actually wanted, mm. um, whether that's through negotiations, through business deals, through me feeling like I didn't get what I deserved um, and being quiet through all those different circumstances and different things. Um, and just having the, you know, we talked about confidence earlier, but having the confidence to have the balls to say what I actually mean and what I'm actually thinking and live with those consequences. And I wish I would have learned that a lot earlier on in my career. Cause I probably could have, um, you know, achieved a lot more and, and, uh, eased a lot of heartache in both my business and personal life. If I actually mm. just said what I meant. How, when did you finally learn that? Or do you feel like it just was this growing process of like not getting, you know, accepting a project, knowing that you should have asked for more and then it kind of really is slowly. I think, grew, I, think I think it would be growing, but honestly, dude, I, I, everything just comes back to this, like making this, this film, dude. Like I, I had to change who I was as a person in order for this thing to manifest itself into the world in the amount of tough conversations and negotiating and putting myself on the line and putting my reputation and word on the line to like do things and pull strings. Like I just, be, I became an expert at it by the end of the process. Um, because like for me, you know, in a lot of different circumstances without getting like too, too granular with it, it was like, I either put myself out there and it potentially happens. Or if I don't put myself out there, this just isn't happening at all. And wow. that whole thing is, is, you know, quote unquote fucked. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think it just comes with age and maturity. So yeah, yeah grow, growing, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I really try to think about it though. I'm like, what, like, what, what was I like? So like afraid of saying, or, you know, or like what, like, what are any of us afraid of? Like, what are you afraid yeah. of, you know, talking to that girl or like, you know, shooting, you know, an email or shooting your shot or all these things. Like what are like, are we afraid of being turned down? Are we afraid of being, you know, told no? Um, and then in my head, I, you know, I kind of like extrapolate, okay, what's that thought? Is it like, am I like insecure in myself? Am I insecure in my abilities? Um, am I, am I placing too much external value on my own internal value? Mm -hmm. Um, and when I really just like dissected a lot of that over, you know, the last couple of years, um, realize it's all just kind of kind of bullshit <laughs> like yeah. I, i'm i give myself my own my own value and like it should be that way like i shouldn't have to rely on other people to to tell me what i'm worth and i think when you when you actually know that and you actually have um you know a skill set and work ethic and reputation to back it um it does it does give you a lot of um self-confidence to kind of move forward in a lot of different circumstances yeah it 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 definitely takes reps um, yeah, and yeah. it's, it takes that ability to just like shoot shots and ask for what you damn well deserve. Um, and you have to literally be able to just like check your ego, check your identity and know that like, whether you get what you wanted for or not, like at least you took that shot. Um, and it's, it, yeah, dude, there's, 
I think we both are in a place where, and I know you for sure, I, I don't even have to say, I think, but I know <laughs> you for sure, like, and I, even me, like, I sent a two Hail Mary DMs today for potential podcast guests I want to have on the show. They are high-level individuals. Who knows if they're going to say yes, but I can live knowing that I at least took the shot. Or, like, I sent sent a Hail Mary to a girl last week about getting coffee, never heard back. Hey, you know what? At least I took the shot. You yeah. got to take those shots. And it inevitably will just callous your mind, almost like we were talking about with running and, like, sharpening your mind you're, you're starting to callous your mind to think a different way or it's like why not like i'm actually crazy enough there's literally a card right here that says why not That's literally cool. why That's not cool. like like why not shoot the shot why not ask for what you deserve why not start the the passion prizes you have so um at the end of the day i think it's just it's just reps of doing it consistently and it just feels so good going to sleep at night knowing that like yeah i i, I went for it and if it doesn't play out the way it did then so be it exactly get, and I get me Go ahead. And I was just going to say, yeah, having having that, resting your head on the pillow at night and saying, at least I tried is a lot better than what if. What if? I, oh. I, hate, I hate the what ifs. I hate oh. it so much. Let me tell you, I'm out like a light every night because I know that I, I gave the day my all and I at least put it on the table. I at least yeah. went for it. And it's it just gives you such a peace of mind knowing that you did it. You tried your best. Yep. So what? Get back up tomorrow and, and do it again. Give me three skills that are very important to getting you to where you are today. What are three skills you've had to master, whether it's business, career, any, just anything? Um, the first one's obvious, uh, just actually being a good filmmaker. Um, and, very and important. World-class creative. You know, you can't, I would say, yeah, world-class is definitely the way. Not a good, a good filmmaker, world-class. A, de a decent at best. <laughs> I find my best. Um, I mean, obviously that, that's the first and foremost, you know, I've dedicated my whole life to, you know, the creative arts pretty much. Um, so that's number one. I would say the second skill set is perseverance. Um, and just riding through the lows, riding through the highs. Um, so never too high, never too low. And just like, you know, keep trudging along. I'd say that's the second, second thing. Um, and then the third to get to, I guess, where I'm at. Mm, I would say just like on I just being genuine. I would say mm. the third one. It sounds kind of kind of cheesy, but like I I really I mean you you know me in this podcast setting, and you know me in real life, and you like you know I'm the same person. Same, cat. same guy. <laughs> it literally doesn't matter, and it, it's I like. It doesn't matter if we're at, you know, we've been to some, you know, really cool parties in LA and like, I never like, because I'm in a different setting, put on differently or wear a different mask or act like I'm too cool. Like I, I've never been like that. Um, and I, I really do think people just kind of sense that authenticity where like, you know, I'm actually talking to this person and not yeah. like a mask or a facade that they're putting on or, you know, giving in this moment. Um, so I would say the combination of those three things, the perseverance, just being genuine and then having, you know, a world-class skill set on top of it, uh, really, really is a good little equation right there. <laughs> it, it's actually a, a fantastic equation. I don't think you could have named a better three, but the, the one that catches my attention the most, it will, I don't want to di displace, uh, or downplay genuine. That's extremely important. People can feel and see that immediately within, within people, but the perseverance of being able to navigate the highs and the lows. I think being able to stay grounded is a very important uh, skill set that 
I've learned a lot from like through meditation and through a lot of mindful work. How, how have you been able to navigate staying grounded throughout your career, throughout your life? Because that's really like, I love to equate it to like when you're flying in a plane, cruising at 30,000 feet, like there's going to be some turbulence going up and there's going to be some turbulence going down, but the plane always finds a way to level out. And it's the same thing with us. Like no matter the highs, the highs, you know, it's going to come back down. And when you're in those low moments, you know that eventually you're going to come back up. How have you been able to keep yourself grounded? Is there any tips that you've learned to keep you level? Yeah, I mean, I have an amazing family. So talking to my mom and dad helps a ton, help level me off. I have a really good friend group and support system that I trust that I can always call on um, that really helps. I work out a ton. I try to eat as clean as possible. Big, um, big arms I heard on the streets. The streets uh, aren't lying for that one. <laughs> um. So I think just a lot of those things help, you know, like people, I, I talked to a lot of people who knew me before, like any, you know, external career success or whatever you want to call it. Just like people that knew Matt before, like he even really picked up a camera. And I think having those people in my life, just like, it, I mean, it just helps keep me grounded. And it, and it goes back to what we were just talking about, like, you know, kind of this whole podcast, like, yeah, you achieve all these different things and success and whatnot. And it, it really like, it matters, but it doesn't matter at the same time. It's like a really weird, like fine line. And you know, like, I don't know. I just don't really like, what's the, you don't phrase? let it define you. You don't yeah, let it define, like define you. me. And I don't get like too hopped up on my own shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, even, well, even, even as you're describing the things that help you, whether it's the eating clean, the working out, the family, um, obviously your career to me, what that sounds like is a balanced lifestyle of just making sure that everything is in check. And you're not neglecting any aspect of your life so that it's just this constant wheel of flow mm-hmm. allows you to just continue to move forward. Yeah, that, that's a that's a very good way to put it. You uh, you mentioned your family. Uh, I know your father and shout out to your mother too. She was there at the, at the she got, she got, she got, she, She's great. We, we had a very brief moment towards uh, at the be- beginning of the pre- uh, premiere where we got to chat. Big fan of that woman. She's I told her she raised an incredible son. Um, <laughs> and I meant it. I meant every word of that. Um, but I even when I was re-listening to our old podcast, you talked about specifically how your father had plays has played such a huge inspiration to you. Um, how can people incorporate the Como spirit into their own life? Oh man, I mean, you just like you just don't give up. Like that's kind of that's kind of really it. And you do you do the right thing, and you are like you're good to people. Um, my dad, yeah, my dad always used to say, you know, we have we have the Como spirit and you know, he would always allude to just like the perseverance aspect of it. And, you know, we just like, don't give up when like the going gets hard. You just, you just buckle down. Um, and he's, you know, throughout my entire life and still is like a very, 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 uh, shining example of all those things and all those traits. And, you know, that's just one of those things where like, I, we don't get to choose who we're like the families that we're born into, you know, I just like, I got lucky. Like, yeah. So um, you know, I, I try to emulate, you know, the best parts of both my parents as much as possible. And, um, you know, the come out, come spirit, maybe persevere. Let's go, baby. I love, I love it. I'm a big fan of that spirit. Um, I asked you a similar question at the night of the premiere and I, and I wanted to ask you here. Um, and I'd love you to elaborate on it because I think it's so important. We kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but what do you feel is your true North today? I think, and it really is going to summarize everything we talked about today, but like, why people do what they do, I think is so important. And it inevitably, like you're still going to be doing what you're doing today, strip away the money. I think that's another yeah. great question to ask somebody is like, if money was not an issue, 
would you still be living the life you're living today? And if you can say yes, I think you're heading down the right path yeah. and I know you are. So what do you feel is your true north, not just only as Matt Coma, the filmmaker, I'm not going to put you in that box, but just as Matt Coma, what do you feel that true north is? I do. I do. I just love making things. I love creating art. Um, I love pulling emotion out of me and putting it onto other people, like through my film and through sound and different things. Like even on the, um, you know, I'm out of town right now, but on the plane right here, like I was sitting in the, the restaurant at the airport and this old song came on uh, by this artist. You know, remember the band Evanescence? Yes. Like a long time ago, like super yes. emo pop. It's like punk. middle school like, days, early high school days. Yeah, but the, her her voice like came on through this like speaker and I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I like, I totally forgot about this song. It's called My Immortal. Um, wow. And I opened up my laptop, the same one I'm, we're, you know, chatting on right now. And I found the acapella and I put the acapella straight into premiere and I started cutting it up into a minute, started layering it with sound design. This is all right before I'm getting on the plane. And I started making a second trailer for the film. <laughs> I was like, this, this I was like, I was like, this is way too fire. This is this is so fire. <laughs> so honestly, you might be seeing that within the next couple of weeks. I love uh, that. I mean, I think I think it's just a testament to like what I actually like to do. You know, like yeah, no one's, pay, no one's paying me to do that. Um, you know, and like I. I, I just, I'm like, oh, this would be tight. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> the man loves to cook. Hey, yeah. respect. I mean, you're just putting, even even the beautiful thing of doing things like that, no matter what, if it goes live or not, you're just, it's just creative reps. You're just mm -hmm. literally itching that scratch to always create. And uh, the fact, I love that. Like you're sitting in an airport, last thing you need to do is work on more projects and you're just like, yeah, let's throw this together, throw it yeah. in Premiere and see what we can come up with. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's tight. <laughs> I can't wait to see it then. Uh, <laughs> final final five questions and then we'll wrap up. These, right. uh, and you can answer within one sentence. Um, this one we kind of hit, but I still, there might be other things you might be able to hit on. Uh, what self-care activities help you be your best self? Working out. That's any, that's such an easy one. Run, easy. run, fitness, uh, lift weights, try and eat clean, like, there isn't a single other thing I think I do in my entire life that helps keep me mentally and emotionally stable. Like that is a non-negotiable, like I carve out hours of my day every single day, no meetings, no one talk to me. Like, like that's what I do. And Love you know that. that. <laughs> like, <how Yeah>. <laughs> I, I can, I can preach that. And I could say for even myself that it works out tremendously. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. If you could go back and tell yourself one piece of advice at any point of your life, what would it be and when? Um, it would be just let things go, let go of the situations, people, um, deals, whatever that are, that are hurting you. Like it's just the, the stronger, the harder, sorry. Yeah. The harder you're holding on to these things and longer, it's just hurting yourself. Mm. Let go, move yeah. on and get on to the next thing. Yeah. It's, you're just dragging weight on you at that point. Yeah. I actually have a piece of art in my, uh, in my apartment that represents that it's a, it's a snake holding on or like wrapped around a cactus and the snake is trying to get, uh, you know, the water out of the cactus and he's squeezing onto it as hard as he can trying to get that little bit of water that the cactus holds, but he doesn't realize that, or he does realize it, that the cactus is hurting him and, he needs to let go. And that's, that's the only way that he'll heal. 
Oof. It's a good metaphor. It's a great piece of art. I love it. Oh, I think I need to find that and get that ASAP. <laughs> That's beautiful. What's uh what's an area of your life you need to put more effort into? Um probably right now rest to be honest. Just I'm just go 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 nonstop working way too much. Um so I'd say probably rest. But then I'm also like it's just how I've been built like this my whole life. Like I just, yeah. I, I like to do that. And that's also kind of a cliche answer. So I kind of want to think of something a bit better. What was it? Repeat the question. Yep. Uh, area of your life you need to put more effort into. Um, I think the rest is a valid excuse. I think I didn't learn to re- the importance of rest until COVID hit mm-hmm. when I was forced to really put more time into like myself and it's been a game changer. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, that, that's tough, man. I, I'm always self auditing myself. Yeah, me too. Every and single it, day. It, it never really gets to a point where I'm like, shit, like I'm way off the deep end. Yeah. The only thing I feel off the deep end right now is rest, to be honest. Well, you need, while you're in Vegas, you need to go get a little spa session. Book out four hours on your calendar yeah. while you're there. And I guarantee you, you will be so happy. Get a little pedicure, get that's a little so massage. Nice. Treat yourself. It is cool. it. it's an investment in yourself, and you're going to feel fantastic. Very true. Very true. Do it. I will. Uh, <laughs> next, next question for you. Uh, what is the first step anyone can take to reaching their inner potential? I, you just got to. I mean, you'll hear it a million times. You just got to start. You just got to do it. Um, and like you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that I want to do that even I'm still like you know somewhat hesitant to like do and start and go all in on. And I like try to dissect the psychology behind that and. You know, is it like fear of judgment? Is it fear of failure? Like, you know, what are those things? So I would say the cliche answer and the obvious answer is just start. But I think behind that, if you extrapolated what that actually means, I think it would be figuring out what you're actually actually you're scared of, whether it's failure, um, you know, um, not being good at it, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I think once you identify what that like actual fear is behind the the uh, hesitancy to start, I think that will be the, the, the catalyst that gets you going. Yeah. Starting is the momentum that you need. Taking that first step is the scariest thing of all times. But once you do it, it's unbelievable how everything else kind of just happens. But why do you think it's scary? That's that's like, what does scary mean? Judgment, pure, pure judgment of people, there's your peers and pure judgment of yourself. But the best that two things happen. One, when you finally take that first step, you you recognize that, wow, now that I've taken this first step with one thing, I can do with anything else that I want to do. Uh, but then two, when you get scared of being judged by other people, you recognize that people are so caught up in their own lives yeah, yeah. that they literally don't have a second to worry about you. Like you falling on their face, nobody really cares unless they're like your true homies and they're to like pick you up. But like nobody's going to be like sitting on the sideline like, Hell yeah, like the bearded man screwed that episode up. Like, ha, 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 ha. Like, they don't care. The only time they do care is when you actually have success and everybody wants a piece of the pie and they're like, yeah, man, we've been supporting for so long. Like, no. So I, I think it's people are just scared that they think other people care when in reality people are thinking the same shit and you just got to take the step because you have literally nothing to lose and everything to gain. So true. So, so true. Fact. Bearded wisdom, baby. Last yeah. question for you. Somebody has made it through the last 63 minutes of this high-quality podcast conversation. Uh, what is one challenge you have for the listener today as they wrap up and they finish this episode? Any challenge that you have for the listener today? 
I would, I would, I mean, okay. We, we all know what we want to actually be doing with our lives. I think it's, it's actually really obvious. It, I think when people are like, I don't know what to do with my life or I'm like searching for purpose, that might be true a lot of different times. But I think, I really do believe deep down, we all know what, like, if we could have a perfect life, what that actually looks like. I would just implore people to just, just do it. Life's way, life's way, way, way too short. And like we, you know, talked about this podcast, we don't know how long we have here and just like make yourself happy and just do the damn thing, whatever, whatever that thing is. Um, yeah. What, I mean, what do you really have to lose? Obviously people are in different circumstances. Some people might have a wife and kids and you know, they don't, I, I'm aware like I have a lot more flexibility, uh, you know, being single and, you know, not having a lot of those, you know, overarching responsibilities. Um, but you know, like I would just say lean, lean into the, to the thing that you want to do. Yeah. I think when it comes to getting started, we like to make excuses of like, well, I should have started six months, a year, five years ago. And I think the best thing you can remind yourself is like, yeah, it may have been the right time to start six months a year ago, but the second best time to start is literally right now. So I think that's, uh, it's incredibly important. Very true. Matt Como, this has been a high quality conversation. <laughs> um, I knew like there, there was no shadow of a doubt that this wasn't going to be a fantastic conversation. And as much as I wish this was in person in a big ass studio, um, that's, I really that's do, for round three, baby. Round three, round three, hundred percent, hundred percent. It might be on the PJ at that point. Um, <laughs> but dude, honestly, bro, I don't have to say it, but like you are such, you are such an inspiration to, I know so many people that are going to hear this today, but like, to me, I see who you are in every capacity from career to like friendships, relationships to family, like just every bucket about you is literally the definition of being dialed in. And I think you are just a phenomenal person that the, the oven is still on preheat. You're barely just starting to get cooking. And I think this short film, when it comes out, um, is going to blow people's mind with just how how incredible you are as a filmmaker, as a creative. Um, and I'm so excited for that day to come. But all that to say, man, just a big, big fan of you, Como. And uh, I'm here to support you every step of the way. And I and I know that this third chapter podcast is going to be something beautiful. The first one was fantastic, which I'll have linked up in the description below for anybody that never got a chance to listen. The second one is great. We're both in great spots in our lives. But this third one, they say the third time's a charm. Let's go. I'm telling you right now, this third one's going to be something special when it happens. Let, let's let's give it up to Bob A for a second over here. Look at you and all all your growth. I mean, Let's dude, do I see you. I see you putting in the reps. Trying, I mean, man. You've come a long way working at Liquid IV. Like you should just as proud of you are as your friends. You should be just as proud of yourself. And I know internally, uh, you're not anywhere near you want to be. But like, dude, fucking, what was that? Three <laughs> years ago, you were driving Ubers and you lived in like. Like in my well in Egypt, I don't even know where you were. <laughs> I can't even name the city. All I knew is I drove Valley, California. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I mean, dude, now you're in beautiful Venice. You have amazing roommates. I don't even know how many pods deep you are now, but you're deep in the pods. Yeah. You're working for like what I be like. The come up is real, and like you're you're just on preheat as well. We're just waiting yeah. for that thing to just to to burst and go. I feel when I listened to that first episode today, I feel like I am in your GoPro phase right now. That's mm -hmm. what I feel like when I was listening. Like, I feel like that moment was the accelerator of like, you were really just about to start get things going. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now. We're like, 
there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of things cooking and like, there's no doubt that bigger things are to come. But yeah, I, my mother reminds me often of like, stop where you are and look where you came from and just yeah. remind yourself of that. Cause that in of itself is going to be, that only adds more gasoline to the fire. So I, I promise you, bro, you're going to get the studio. You're going to get all the success and shit that you want. And we're going to be having the same conversation. You're going to be like, <laughs> I want two studios. <laughs> like, I want, I don't even know what you're going to want at that point. And you're, you're at the same, you're at the same level. Like it's, same thing for me. Like I get, I get it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate you, brother. M- more, many more great things to come, ladies and gentlemen. If you enjoyed this podcast today, please, I got a favor to ask from you. Screenshot this episode on whatever platform you are listening in on. Post it to your IG story. Tag Matt. He's at Matt Como. That's M A T T K O M O. Then tag me at Babe. That's B O three B's four A's and a Y. Share out the podcast on your IG story. Let us know what was the biggest takeaway. What was the learning? How did this specific episode change your perspective? I would honestly be so curious to hear what did you guys learn from this episode? Because we talked about a lot. And hopefully there was a tidbit that Matt Como dropped that you were just like, this is the thing I got to do. And let us know. Um, I will have linked up in the description below uh, all of Como's socials. Is there any potential launch date for the film? Or is that still very much up in the air? TBD because of film festivals. I'm figuring it out. But I'm wearing the hoodie from the film. We got the hoodie in here. Is is there anything people can do after this episode to support the film or anything that you're doing right now? I'm gonna put up uh I'm gonna put up a store on my site so people can pre-order these. Cool. Do we have any idea when so people have context when they're hearing this episode? This won't go live till November 8th. Okay, probably next week to be honest. What are we? Oh, perfect. So In the description of this episode, there are hoodies listed. Cop one today. I got one in my hoodie. It's fantastic. You're going to love it. Get it for your boyfriend. Get it for your girlfriend. The holidays are coming. Bundle up, ladies and gentlemen. Sweet. Matt Como, thanks for being on the podcast. Love you, brother. Love you too, brother. It's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya. Fire. <laughs>